0: Check out everything Puro Air has to offer at GetPuroAir.com, that's G-E-T-P-U-R-O-A-I-R.com. One more time for the people in the back, GetPuroAir.com. Well hello listeners, welcome back. My name is Stephanie Safarian and you're listening to episode 353 of Sustainable Minimalists, a three-ish times a week show about intentional and eco-minimalist living. On today's show, we're breaking down all things carbon offsets. Now, I'm a person with a personal life, and I buy stuff, I go on airplanes, I shop online, and I had a lot of questions about carbon offsets. I should say, too, some of you sometimes write to me and say, are they worth it? Should I be giving that extra 20 bucks when I book my flight? Should I not? Should I save it? Should I give it somewhere else? What should I be doing to offset the actions that I take every single day that emit carbon into our atmosphere. And so we're diving deep into this topic today. What's a carbon offset? Are they actually worth it? The answer is going to surprise you. So I have a three-part show for you today. On part one, we're discussing what exactly a carbon offset or a carbon offset credit is, the pros and cons in general. And then in parts two and three, we're going to go a little bit deeper. So in part two, we're going to talk about The best practices when it comes to offsetting our air flights, our airplane trips, because that's a big one, right? You always buy a ticket and it says, do you want to offset your flight with $20? And then in part three of today's show, we're going to talk about online shopping. A lot of brands these days, you go to checkout and it says, do you want to offset your shipping? Is that worth it? Is that a good use of your hard-earned money? So that's what we're doing today. Let's get right into part one. What on earth is a carbon offset? Well, let me say before I answer that, that there's a difference between a carbon offset and a carbon offset credit. For the purposes of keeping things simple, I'm not going to get into the weeds of how they're similar, how they're different. I will say that a carbon offset is used to compensate for emissions that are used somewhere else. So perhaps you're taking an airline flight and you buy some carbon offsets to say, yeah, I know the airplane I'm traveling on is emitting a lot of carbon into the atmosphere. Here's some money to fund that reforestation project, right? Because a reforestation project would be taking carbon out of the air. Trees do that for us. Trees are amazing. That's an example of a carbon offset program. Here's $20. My flight was $400, but here's $20. That $20 might go to a reforestation project or a wind farm or a solar farm, perhaps. So that's, in general, a carbon offset. A carbon offset credit is a transferable instrument that's certified by governments or independent certification bodies. We're not going to get into that today just because I don't feel like getting into the weeds there is beneficial to you. But do they make a difference? Do carbon offsets make a difference? If I give $20 to that developing wind farm a couple hundred miles away, is that really making any difference? Well, there are some pros, of course, and there are definitely some cons. The pros of carbon offsets include the fact that, yes, they do help finance emerging green technologies, services, practices that might otherwise struggle to get funded. So if nobody else is giving money to that wind farm, my $20 is, that's a pro. Another pro is that there is third-party verification systems to ensure that the carbon offset program you're contributing to does what it says it's going to do. So nobody's taking your $20 and putting it in their back pocket and going on with their day. There are third-party systems to verify that that $20 is going to where they say they're going to put it. All right, so those are the pros. Now we're on to the cons. The major con that I see here. Is that carbon offsets, when used incorrectly, and they're often used incorrectly, is a greenwashing gimmick, right? So do you want to offset your purchase by giving 30 cents, by rounding up to the next dollar? Do you want to round up and feel good about the thing you just purchased and the expedited shipping that it requires to get to your doorstep on time? Carbon offsets should only be used after companies and corporations have done everything they can to pollute less. It should be the last resort, but that's often not the case. They often just slap on a carbon offset sticker, like, do you want to contribute? Yes or no, as a way of making it seem like they're environmentally conscious. That's that's what actually happens, and that's not how it should be used in practice, Companies, corporations, they should be making really difficult decisions at every stage of the cultivation, production, distribution game, but that's hard work and it might be expensive and that's why it doesn't happen. Another con as well is that a growing number of scientists are raising doubts about whether offsets are actually effective. There's weak rules in the offset community. And so those weak rules have created incentives for landowners to develop offset projects that don't actually, especially in the case of reforestation efforts, don't change the way forests are managed fundamentally. And so then they really, therefore, do little to help the climate. So that's part one, some pros and cons of offsets. Now let's dive deeper into flights, flying. I want to dive deeper into flying because air travel is likely, by far, one of the most carbon-intensive activities that we undertake, undergo, I'm not sure what the right word is, that we do. (laughs) One flight can produce as much carbon as driving for more than 2,000 miles. Air travel produces up to 3%, I've seen as high as 4%, of global carbon dioxide emissions each year. So it's important that we talk about flying because in 2023, flying is common. Flying is standard. Many airlines offer programs that claim to offset the greenhouse gas emissions from your flight for a small fee. It's usually around $20, right? So you buy your ticket. Let's say your ticket's $300. Do you want to give an extra $20 to offset the carbon that's emitted into the atmosphere for your flight? Sounds good, right? Now I can fly guilt-free for just $20. I can fly guilt-free for under $20. Sounds good, right? But is it actually good? Well, as with most things in life, the answer is complicated. The New York Times, my favorite paper of record, by the way, but the New York Times interviewed carbon offset experts, Airline sustainability managers, nonprofit consulting groups, climate ethicists, and everybody in between. And after all their research was concluded, they determined that none of the current flight offset programs that are offered are actually recommended. Even if the offset programs were effective, they are so inexpensive that they won't negate the emissions generated from your flight. So what does that mean? That means that the $20 that you're adding onto your flight so that you can fly without guilt, that's not even close to the actual amount of money you would need to pay, voluntarily pay, to offset your flight. To determine the true environmental impact from flying, it's recommended that you use the equity-weighted social cost of carbon. So there's the social cost of carbon, the SCC, and then there's the equity-weighted social cost of carbon. So let's break these two down. Now, stay with me. This is super important. We need to understand this so we can understand how to do better next time we take an airplane. Okay, so so the, so the social cost of carbon is a number, a dollar amount, that estimates the economic damages that result from the impact of each extra ton of CO2 that's going into the atmosphere from your actions, right? The EPA, the Environmental Protection Agency, estimates that the SEC, so the social cost of carbon, is $51 per metric ton, okay? So for whatever action it is that you're doing, for every metric ton of carbon that goes into the air, that is equivalent to you paying $51, $51, okay? So not 20 not rounding up your dollar on your purchase of whatever new pants, let's say, that's shipped to your door. No, $51 per ton. That's a lot of money, right? $51. Well, wait a minute. Let's take this a step further. Scientists at UC Santa Cruz argue that the SCC, the social cost of carbon at $51 per ton, is not accurate because it lacks equity concerns. It's not Taking into account income disparity, for one, that's a big one, right? So these scientists argue that the $51 per metric ton that the EPA suggests is not coming even close to the social cost of carbon when you equity-weight it. They argue that the equity-weighted social cost of carbon is a whopping $246 per metric ton. Now, let's put this into a real-life example. Let's say you are flying nonstop from Reagan International Airport to Los Angeles, LAX, right? The flight costs in April, we looked this up, $408.90. So the flight for one person to fly from Reagan to LAX, $408.00. So you book the flight, and then you go to My Climate, and I'll link to it in the show notes, but it's essentially a website where you plug in where you're going, you plug in if it's a round trip, you plug in if you have any layovers on the way, and then it tells you, it gives you a pretty decent estimate of how many metric tons of carbon are emitted into the air for your vacation, for your trip, okay? So I I did that. I plugged in from Washington to Los Angeles, round trip the CO2 amount for that round-trip flight is 1.2 metric tons of carbon. Now, if I multiplied that 1.2 metric tons of carbon by the equity-weighted social cost of carbon of $246 per metric ton, I would then need to cough up $254.75 to an environmental nonprofit of my choice that I have vetted Myself. And by the way, next week's episode is all about environmental charities that we on this show have vetted. So, what I want you to think about right now is do you still want to go on that vacation if you now understand that your trip, just your ticket, not your kids, not your partners, no, just your ticket, just your impact is equivalent to $254 out of your pocketbook? $20 is not the number that you need to pay to fly guilt-free. The actual number is $254. Do you still wanna take that trip? Other recommendations, okay? If the answer is no, obviously, fly less. Only make necessary trips to visit family or for work. Advocate for high-speed rail systems so that we're not taking an airplane. Like from here, the shuttle from Boston to New York, right? Like a lot of people who work... In Boston and need to take quick flights to New York, they just hop on a plane, they go there, then they come back, and they're home just after dinner. Like, Why not place more money in a high-speed rail train so that we're not using airplanes for these relatively short distances? The bottom line here is that purchasing carbon offsets for flights, it's not a bad thing, but it's not covering the real cost of the carbon that your action is emitting. So we're going to take a quick break, and then when we come back, we're going to do the same thing that we just did for carbon offsets and airplanes and flying, and we're going to do it for our online shopping, our shipping of our stuff. It's going to be fun. I promise. Stay with me. See you in a minute. So many of us have chaotic closets that are crammed full of clothing items, and yet somehow we still have nothing to wear. Hello, Sustainable minimalists listeners. Are you committed to living a greener and simpler life? Well, meet home Threads, your ally in more sustainable and minimalist home decor. As the total destination for decor and furniture, home Threads helps you define your minimalist lifestyle while respecting the planet. Discover their exclusive Haven Collection Create a home that reflects your commitment to the environment. Visit homethreads.com sustainable and get a code for 15% off your first order. Homethreads.com sustainable. Love where you live. And we're back. Before the break, we talked about carbon offsets as it relates to airplane travel. Now we're on to shipping, shipping of stuff, shipping of stuff we buy online. What on earth is carbon neutral shipping? Well, let's just get on the same page by reminding ourselves that the entire supply chain of every single thing we consume accounts for half of global emissions, and that's according to the United Nations. So the stuff we buy and the supply chains associated with cultivating whatever the thing needs, producing, packaging and shipping the thing, all of that accounts for half of global emissions. Holy moly. Many online retailers claim to have carbon neutral shipping. So you're in your shopping cart, you're checking out. Do you want carbon neutral shipping? Click the button and yep, you pay a couple extra dollars and wow, guilt-free shopping. But is it truly guilt-free? If you're on a website and the checkout or shipment or delivery of the item says it's is described as carbon neutral, that usually means that the company has partnered with a third party payment service, usually Shopify or Stripe or EcoCart, right? And that third party payment service is helping to fund carbon offset projects. The problem when we partner with a third party payment service that is then taking our money to help fund carbon offset projects, is that these projects can take years to get started. Perhaps they're not even thoroughly vetted. Perhaps they're not even the best place for us to put our $5, let's say. In theory, high-quality carbon offset projects should lower the amount of greenhouse gases in the atmosphere, but the problem is it's extremely difficult to actually determine which projects are high quality. The New York Times argues that if you are going to offset greenhouse gas emissions related to your purchase, whatever it is you're buying, adding a few dollars for carbon neutral shipping is not going to do it for you. It's not going to achieve that goal. If you want to do better with regard to online shopping, instead of paying Shopify or EcoCart or Stripe to fund a third-party carbon offset program, It may be smarter for you to take that same dollar amount, $5, $10, whatever it is, and donating it to a charity or a philanthropic effort of your choosing that you've vetted. And again, we're going to talk about vetted resources next week. The easiest way to make The biggest difference here is to buy less stuff. If you don't need it, don't buy it. And I know I sound like a broken record, but it bears repeating, right? Instead of trying to decide, like, who should I give this $5 for for my carbon neutral shipping, just don't have anything shipped to you if you don't need it. Don't have it shipped. Easy. We're minimalists here. We work smarter, not harder, right? So if you truly want to make a difference, don't buy that thing if it's a want and not a need. Now, before we say goodbye, I want to talk quickly about the Climate Neutral Certification. There is a nonprofit, it's called Climate Neutral. It offers the Climate Neutral Certified Label for brands. The label, if you're wondering what it looks like, it kind of looks like a sun, sort of, if that makes sense. (laughs) Google it if you don't know what I'm talking about. But the Climate Neutral Certified Label certifies brands. So not individual products, but brands. Lots of brands have it, REI, Allbirds, Avocado Green Mattress, Clean Canteen, those are just a couple with the Climate Neutral Certified label. Now, in order for a brand to get certified, they have to jump through a lot of hoops, right? They have to measure emissions and assess the carbon impacts of all their products. They have to reduce emissions and annually document plans and progress towards emission reductions. They have to compensate for all of their previous year's emissions by purchasing eligible verified carbon and clean energy credits. So they have to do a lot. And in my opinion, it does mean something. Now, Climate Neutral does use third-party verification for their carbon credits. There's a ton of information on their website about their verification standards I will say that they're definitely not perfect, and without going into it for another 10 minutes, I will link to a piece in The Guardian circa January of this year. It has to do with rainforest offset credits that were approved by one of Climate Neutral's third-party verification registries that Um, were essentially deemed worthless. So I'll link to that in the show notes if you're interested in digging a little bit deeper. But I should say here that, you know, I always say when in doubt, look for a third-party certification. I do think that the climate neutral certification does mean something. However, the founders of this certification have even said, they've conceded, that offsets are not the answer to the climate crisis. And they understand that there's only so much that brands can do to clean up their supply chains when like the whole world adoption of clean energy is not there yet. So brands can do all they can do. But if the larger adoption of clean energy is not there, in some regards, their hands are tied. So what is the final word for today's episode? We really went into the weeds and I so hope you learned something. The final word for today is it is really complicated to say whether carbon offsets make a difference. There are issues, as we talked about today, with the quality of the carbon offset programs, as well as the amount of money that we're asked to give to the offset programs. The amount of money is almost never the actual amount of money that we should be spending. And so carbon offsets, it's a great idea. It's not a bad idea by any means, but these offset programs do not always accomplish their goals. I would love it if instead of sustainable minimalist listeners just donating that $1 for carbon neutral shipping or spending that $20 next time you take an airplane flight, I would love it. If we start asking ourselves, what is the actual carbon cost of my action? Because $1, $5, $20, that's that's not cutting it. And I think that when we start to think about our airline flights as costing an additional $246 per metric ton on top of an already expensive ticket multiplied by how many people are in your home going on the trip with you. That's when we really start to not just cognitively understand, but internally feel the effects of our actions on our planet. So tomorrow we'll be back for headlines. I've got some great stories for you. I have more about airlines in tomorrow's episode too. We're talking turbulence. We're talking lab-made dairy. We got so much going on tomorrow. I will see you then. Reach out if you need me and take care.